0: Last time we celebrated communion together, it was a healing service. And before we took communion, we looked at a vision that someone had had while in a church just before communion. And they saw this vision unfold above the communion table. And it was about how after Jesus died on the cross, he descended into hell. And he took back from Satan the keys to the kingdom. And then he commissioned all believers to go into the world and preach the gospel. To lay hands on the sick and they will recover. To cast out demons. And it was interesting because after that service, we were praying for people. And when we prayed for one person, I felt that the Spirit of God said to me, they need to read this chapter from a book that uh, I've sent out to people in the past. And um, so I I sent them that chapter uh, later on that Sunday. But then someone else emailed me and said, oh, I really enjoyed the service. That vision that you shared was really powerful. Can you send me the words to that vision? And, and so I sent them the words to that vision, and I thought, oh, I might as well send them that other chapter that I sent to the first person. And then I get an email back a few days later saying, wow, that chapter is really powerful. When are you going to speak about that in church? And so I'm going to speak about it today. And I want to start by reading a parable to you from Matthew 18, verses 23 to 35. God's kingdom is like a king who decided to collect the money his servants owed him. The king began to collect his money. One servant owed him $10 million. He was not able to pay the money to his master, the king. So the master ordered that he and everything he owned would be sold, even his wife and his children. The money would be used to pay the king what the servant owed. But the servant fell on his knees and begged, Be patient with me. I will give you everything I owe. The master felt sorry for him. So he told the servant he did not have to pay and let him go free. Later, that same servant found another servant who owed him $20. He grabbed him around the neck and said, pay me the money you owe me. The other servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me. I will pay you everything I owe. But the first servant refused to be patient. He told the judge that the other servant owed him money and that servant was put in jail until he could pay everything he owed. All the other servants saw what happened. They felt very sorry for the man. So they went and they told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called his servant in and said, You evil servant, you begged me to forgive your debt and I said you did not have to pay anything. So you should have given that other man who works with you the same mercy that I gave you. The master was very angry. So he put the servant in jail to be punished and he had to stay in jail until the king could pay everything he owed. Okay, uh, then it says, the king did the same as my heavenly father will do to you. You must forgive your brother or sister with all your heart or my heavenly father will not forgive you. So the king in this parable is Jesus. And we represent the servant who couldn't pay his $10 million debt. This represents the enormous debt that we owe to God. Think about the bad things that you've thought or done in your life. Yet God forgives us. All we've done wrong was put on Jesus on the cross. Galatians 3 verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That should be on the screen. Um, Being made a curse for us. Galatians 3:13. So Jesus was made a curse for us. He took our punishment on the cross. Jesus loved us so much that he cancelled our debt of $10 million on the cross. Yet the servant forgiven in the story wouldn't forgive the man that owed him $20. That verse 25 is expressed a wee bit differently in the King James Version. So can we have that verse again? It says, he was angry and he put him in prison. Now in the King James Version it says, delivered him to the tormentors until he paid all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Now, tormentors are things that oppress us in our lives. If we don't forgive the people that have hurt us, things like anxiety, migraine, insomnia, ulcers, fears, and sickness can come upon us. And we can't pray for healing for them if we are still harbouring unforgiveness in our heart. Jesus is bound by his word, and resentment and unforgiveness results in us being handed over to the tormentors. Now, another book that I read years ago was by a man called Ernie Green, and it was called Freedom to Choose. And it's in that book that there is this chapter on forgiveness. And in this book, he shares many, many testimonies of healing. And And there was a time years ago when we read that book, and we ministered in the way he describes in this book, and we saw the same things happen. There's a danger when you share testimony because it's very easy to glorify self rather than God. And so I'm going to tell you some of the things that he talks about in his book that happened when he prayed for people. He says that he was taking a meeting when a woman said, I have a goiter. Please pray for my healing. As he prayed a nasty voice spoke out of her, saying, I don't have to let her go. She's got hate in her heart. Then Ernie started praying in the spirit, and the Lord said, Mother and sister-in-law. She forgave them and was healed. And that same evening, 12 other people were healed from allergies, such as sinus and asthma. We don't have to worry about whether an illness is a demon or a sickness because God has given us authority over both. We can call it by name. We can say, allergy. I can't command you to come out in the name of Jesus. In Luke 4 verses 38 and 39, Jesus went to Simon's mother-in-law who was taken with a great fever. Jesus rebuked the fever. Just like we can rebuke migraine or sinusitis, Jesus rebuked the fever and she was healed. Believers in Jesus are temples of the Holy Spirit. Satan has no right to occupy God's property. Ernie Gruen ministered to a pastor's wife who had a problem with headaches. She listed over 200 people who'd hurt her or spoken against her. She was taking pills for migraine and anxiety. While in the process of forgiving everyone, she was instantly healed. Another, person, another woman responded, I don't have resentment toward anyone. And the Holy Spirit whispered to Ernie, she calls it hurt feelings. He asked, what about hurt feelings? She said, hundreds of people have hurt me. God's spirit is love. Love can't flow when it's blocked out by hate, by hurts and bitterness. When ministering to another person, the Lord whispered, eight years old. He asked, what happened to you when you were eight years old? She responded that her older brother had molested her. While praying for a man, the Holy Spirit whispered, ask him what happened seven years ago. The man shrieked, I hate him. Another man had committed adultery with his wife. He told him to forgive the man, and he replied, he doesn't deserve to be forgiven. He looked, at, looked him in the eye and said, neither did you. When we pray for deliverance, we address what is tormenting people. Migraine, loose her, let her go in the name of Jesus. If nothing happens, there may be a blockage. It's impossible to get a person free who has hate in their heart. So we command spirits of resentment, bitterness, and unforgiveness to come out in the name of Jesus. When we've forgiven everyone, There'll be nothing left in our hearts except love. You know, it's interesting there are uh, the two main commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart and the second commandment is to love our neighbour as ourself. If If we can obey both of those commands, we will obey all of the commandments. Satan doesn't want us to walk in the Holy Spirit. He wants to block out the Holy Spirit. And the easiest way for him to get us out of relationship with God where we can hear those quiet whispers of the Spirit is to cause resentment in our life. And we will all encounter, particularly if you're in ministry, you will encounter difficult people and you cannot afford to walk in resentment. That if you have a problem with a person, you have to release that person to the Lord. You have to forgive that person. Otherwise, you will be blocked up in your spirit. It's not easy to forgive someone who doesn't deserve to be forgiven. But that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. Instead of being full of God's love, We can be full of resentment, irritation, bitterness. But love is forgiveness. The nature of evil is hate. The nature of sin is hatred. The nature of our problems are hate, bitterness, resentment, envy, malice, hurt feelings. If we want to be full of the Holy Spirit and be healed, body, soul, and spirit. We can ask God to give us the names of those people that we need to forgive. When you go home this afternoon, you can ask the Lord that question. Put on my heart the names of those people that I am holding unforgiveness towards. Let me know the names of those people that I need to forgive. And he may take you right back throughout your whole life. You may have dozens of people. But if we say we're full of the Holy Spirit yet hate our spouse or our workmate, we're kidding ourselves. Someone may have cheated us out of money or let us down. But, we don't for, but if we don't forgive, it could affect our mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. When love flows, then the Spirit of God flows because God is is love. When the spirit flows, healing and deliverance come. It's a bit like the weeds in our garden or in our lawn. We can mow them down, but they'll keep growing back. We need to get to the root of the problem. We need to kill these negative emotions at their roots. Rather than praying vague prayers, we have to apply the cleansing, forgiving blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus brought up that same topic in the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6 verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And Jesus' commission in Luke 4, 4 verse 18, which is also our commission. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. We've been commissioned to set the oppressed free. It's really interesting that those early disciples, they went into the whole world, the known world at that time, and they preached the gospel. And people everywhere accepted Jesus Christ. Do you know why the gospel doesn't have the power that it had back in that day? Because we're not using the keys to the the kingdom. We're not doing what we were commissioned to do. We don't realize the power and the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. When we're praying for people, the Spirit of God can alert us to the difficulties that are going on in their lives. Forgiveness isn't optional, it's a command. Forgiveness isn't an emotion, it's a choice. You know, um, years ago, I was in a ministry team that went into the middle of Borneo to minister to people in villages. And we had to drive through tracks, forestry tracks through the rainforest, and then we had to go up this Burrum River through rapids in a longboat. And finally we get to the first village that we're taking meetings in. And it was a beautiful place. It was right by the river. And that evening the whole village turned up to church. We had a a wonderful worship time. And I was the speaker. And I'd been praying, Lord, what do you want me to share with these people? And you know, in the rainforest the tallest tree is the moranti tree. But the main food tree in the rainforest is the fig tree. Now, when the fig tree is ripe, all the animals in the jungle, the birds, the insects, the animals, will come and eat figs. And after a hornbill, which is a native bird to... Uh, Sarawak or Borneo, um, Kalimantan, after they've had a big feed of figs, they will fly to the top of the moranti tree and roost. And while they're roosting at the top of the moranti tree, they will drop the seeds of the fig. And those fig seeds will germinate. And they will form a vine that will go down that massive tree all the way to the ground. And when it reaches the ground, that seed will implant in the ground and then that vine will thicken. And they call trees in the jungle strangler figs because the fig tree has taken over a normal tree. And this is an example of a strangler fig. This is a tree that is covered in vines from the fig tree. Now that starts as a very, very thin vine. You could break it. But once they get to that size, it will crush the tree. It will kill the tree. It's a bit like a python that can squeeze and swallow a person. And so the original tree dies and becomes a fig tree. And there's a verse in the Bible, Hebrews 12, verse 15. Watch out that no bitterness takes root among you. For as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many, and may cause some to miss the grace of God. So when we don't forgive people, we allow a root of bitterness to start growing in our life. It starts off as something small. We could break it off. If we dealt with the situation straight away, it would become a small thing. But if we don't deal with it and we allow it to continue to grow, ultimately, it will become like a strangler fig, and it will become a major stronghold in our lives. So I shared this with the people in this village and the Lord put on my heart different offences that had happened in, in the village I said oh you know someone borrowed your boat and wrecked it and he owes you money to get it fixed someone else took some fish out of someone's net and I said look all those offences. Here you are, you're a beautiful village in, in the middle of the jungle and you should be a loving community. You should be getting on with each other. But instead, there's all this bitterness. There's all this argument. There's all this hatred. All this infighting. I said, tonight, God has come to set you free. And we had an altar call at the end of the service and half of the village went up the front And they were wailing and crying out to God. And when this happened, I'd never seen anything like it before. And I was really scared. I'm thinking, what's going on here, Lord? And as we prayed for these people, the Spirit of God came upon them. And instead of wailing and screaming, they started sobbing. And they poured out their heart to God. And there was an incredible move of God in that place that night. We ministered until midnight. And then it was time to go and get some sleep. And I walk out of the church building and we were being put up in the pastor's house. And there's a guy comes up to me. And he says, look, my father wanted to come to the service tonight. But he's had a stroke. And he really needed to hear what you, what you shared about. Can you come and pray for him now? And I said, look, these are the key verses that I talked about tonight. You take them, you discuss them with your father, and if he wants prayer, come and get me in the morning. And so we go off to bed. And I'm lying in bed, and I'm really troubled. My mind is going 100 miles an hour. And there's a verse that I'm thinking about this verse, and I think, I need to read this verse. And, And I'm trying, but then the generators went down and there was no light in the whole village and I couldn't even read my Bible. And I'm sort of thinking and pondering and meditating and I probably did get a, a wee bit of sleep. But in the morning, I, when the light came on, I opened my Bible and I found this verse from Mark chapter 11, verse 20. This was random. This, I opened my Bible, and the very first verse that I read was this. It said, In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Now, when I read that verse, I broke down. And I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end, and I'm thinking, Gosh, God, what's going on here? And then we went out, and here's this guy waiting to see me. So we go to minister to his father. His father said, Well, he, he, wasn't, he didn't speak very well, but his son was talking for him and said, Look, my father used to be the head man of this village. But he had an argument with my older brother, it was over land. And they had such a big argument that my father put a notice in the newspaper saying that such and such is no longer my son. He disinherited this guy. And not long after that, he had a stroke that had disabled him. And so we said, Look, you've got to forgive your son. And he forgave his son and he forgave everyone else that had taken the wrong side. And there was this amazing sense of forgiveness in this home. And so we prayed for him, prayed for his healing, prayed that God would refresh him and heal him, restore his life. And then later on that morning, we left to take the boat on to the next village And the whole village had turned up to wave us goodbye. And we had that sense that God had been restored as God of that village. That those relationships had been healed. That God was back on the throne. You know, some churches can be like that. Like a village where you've fallen out with each other. And you're not getting on with each other. You avoid each other. But, you know, when we come back into relationship, when we ask for forgiveness, where relationships are restored, that just opens us up to the Spirit of God. We've been studying revival in our revived sessions every second Sunday night, and we would love to see revival come in this church, in this town. But clearing up those roots of bitterness is a key to enable... Revival to happen. So, you may also have a problem or a need that Jesus can help you with today. Forgiveness with humility releases us from the grip of the tormentors. Then, the blood of Jesus can bring salvation and healing into our lives. James 5, verse 16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confession breaks the yoke of sin, and it allows the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in our lives. As we walk with God and with each other, we have victory over the forces of evil. Romans 6 verse 6 tells us, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We can break the power of sin in our lives when we are crucified with Christ, when we yield to God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So we're going to come into a time of communion. And this will also be a healing service. And so I've got a prayer on the screen that I want to pray over you. But as I pray, as I pray this prayer, I want you to follow it. And um, if you agree with it, agree with it. And then I believe that God will take you on this journey where He will bring names of people that you need to forgive. Maybe there's no one, but maybe there's just one or two. And if you can release those people, then you will be released from your torment. And then we can minister to people this morning. We can pray for things like migraine and sinus, anxiety, fear, those things that hijack us from being safe in God's arms, from feeling God's love, joy, and peace in our lives. So I'm going to pray this prayer. Now, I've been thinking a lot lately that there's a a big difference between something that we do in our head and something that we do in our heart. And we can read the words. We can gloss over the words. But if we just really focus on the words and we say, your word is truth, Lord. I need your help in my life. I want to see a breakthrough in this area. And we take it into our heart and we believe it. We have faith in God's word. Then when we minister to you, when we pray for you later on, you may be able to do it for yourself. Just command things to go in the name of Jesus. We've been given authority over these things. Let's pray. Father God, renew our minds and protect us from the snares of the devil. Reveal the roots of our resentment. Today we put the axe to the root of bitterness. Help us to forgive those who have wounded us and bring healing to these damaged areas in our lives. As we focus on how you suffered for us so that we could be set free. We choose to forgive whether these people deserve it or not. You forgave us when we didn't deserve it. And so we forgive them in the same way. We release these situations to you. Jesus cleanses resentment from us and fill us with your love, power, and authority.